Hey everyone, welcome back to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are myself, Garrett Wong, and my co-host, Mr. Robert Duncan McNeil. How are you, buddy? Uh, I'm good. Hi, guys. Good to be back here on, on set. As you see, I'm just doing a little filming <laughs> behind me in my virtual my virtual set back there. Uh, nice. Yeah. Oh, uh, I had a I had a night last night. You know those nights when you sit there and you're like, okay, I'm gonna go to bed at a decent hour. And then okay. you're like in bed yes. and you just sit there and you look at the clock and you're like, Jesus, it's now eleven. It's now midnight. Yeah. It's yeah. now one. It's now two. This continued. Oh. I don't think I fell asleep, oh, honestly, Robbie, until six AM, five thirty oh or six. God. Yeah, it was just it was rough. Part of it was my oh. shoulder. Um just I have I don't know if you ever sleep wrong. And then you yes, up, I do. Like, yeah, you, you get a crick in your neck or your shoulder. That's yeah. that's what I was dealing with. Just um, it was a nightmare, literally. So I sleep funny. I don't know how I sleep, but sometimes I'll twist and I'll my hips, like literally my hip sockets, are like I'll wake up and I'll be like, "Ow!" Because I think I twist like a pretzel sometimes when I sleep. Oh, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. So you feel it Part in your hips? Wow. Yeah, isn't that weird? That is. Weird. So I used to I used to feel it in my shoulders some. Yeah, but um, but huh. my shoulders are good these days. But it's just yeah. Sometimes I think I twist around and like my legs are going one way and my shoulders are going the other, and then and then my hips hurt in the morning because I'm. It's like it's like when you if you fall asleep and you get like a your your muscles something falls asleep like your arm yeah. falls asleep because you got in a weird yeah. position. That's kind of how it feels sometimes. So do you end up doing sleeping anything? is hard when you wake? Just... <laughs> you stretch it out or you just kind of grin and bear it? Yeah, what sometimes, sometimes. All right. That's good. Yeah. I just, here's the thing. I just finished Resident Alien yesterday. We finished the season finally, this show that has had so many obstacles. I can't even start to list all of them. And we finally finished yesterday up on a glacier, helicopter rides up to the glacier filming. I went up two days in a row and, um, and finally finished that. So I'm going to be sleeping much better for a little while. I was not sleeping well, a lot of anxiety. We came back from the COVID break and shot elements and scenes from nine of the 10 episodes. And I was directing all of that material because we didn't want to bring back directors for, you know, quarantining and everything. So it's the longest, the longest stretch I've ever directed. Wait a minute. So you're, you're telling me you were finishing nine or 10 episodes. And some of those episodes were directed originally by other directors, correct? Yes. Yes. So then did you try to imitate the feel of each director as best you I could? Talked, you know, I, I talked to those directors ahead of time and asked yeah. them exactly how they saw the scene because I want to give them what they wanted. That's, of course. that's their episode. Yeah. So part of my job when I have to do that is to find out what, what's your shot list, what's your plan. Okay. I can't always guarantee because things happen when we get there. Right. That we can get every shot, but um, right. I try to do that. So yeah, that's what I did. Tried okay. to fit it, you know, shoot it the way they wanted. Sometimes they didn't really have a precise plan, so I could figure that out with the actors on the day. Yeah. But yeah, we had we had a ten episode season. Uh, I had to shoot the entire finale. We still had to shoot plus yeah. scenes from eight other episodes. Some oh some small scenes, some very big scenes. Um, so yeah, I, sh- I shot 25 work days in a row, which I've never done as a director. Usually on a 
you know, on Star Trek, we shot those episodes in seven days. Yeah. Seven shooting days. I had 25 yeah. days that I just finished <laughs> yesterday. So <laughs> I'm ready busy. for a little break. Yeah. <laughs> you can hibernate now. It's time for you to hibernate. I'm, like I'm a ready. Okay. I am ready. All righty. So what are um, we, uh, yeah. this week's episode. Yes, it's uh, maneuvers. We're on to maneuvers. So mm-hmm. um, let's go and rewatch this episode and come back and give our recap. And for our patrons, stay tuned for What Do We Remember? Welcome back, guys. We've just finished rewatching Maneuvers. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta say, I did remember some of this. Like those, yeah. you know, my memories when I was like, I got some images. Maybe it was the holodeck. Maybe it was, it was, um, it was actually what I was. The, the memories I was having in our in our. What do we remember? We we're talking about earlier was from the Chakotay interrogation portion. I remember filming that. I must have been shadowing David Livingston. Yeah. I remember dealing with the stunt of that and and a few things about that scene, that interrogation okay. scene definitely mm-hmm. came back to mind. A lot yeah. of the stuff that was on the Kazon ship, I remember being there to uh, to shadow and, and, and watch. So that was the memories I was having. As well as that, I, I think I somewhere remembered the pregnancy, but I couldn't articulate. I mean, I knew that happened in the series, but... I felt like that was around this episode. So yeah, I, I, I have vague memories of this episode. I had fun. Right. I actually really liked this episode. I thought it was great. Well, thank God that you had motivations to direct and that you shadow because that's helping your memory. <laughs> that's the only <laughs> things I remember. <laughs> I know. All right. So let's do our synopsis. Um, you want me to take a shot at mine right now or do you want to go? Uh, I've got a limerick. Okay. I've got a limerick for my synopsis. I don't What's know your how, limerick? How all-encompassing. It was a complicated episode, so it's hard. Yeah. But my my limerick, let me get to it here. Uh my limerick was, here we go, for maneuvers. Seska can't forget about Chicote, and she uses Maj Kulla the same way. Janeway took a chance, and by the seat of their pants, they saved the crew and their technology to fight another day. Whoa, that was actually good. When you told me earlier that it wasn't so good, I was yeah. expecting it to be very subpar, but that was actually above par. So oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Okay. okay. My haiku synopsis yes. would be, Seska steals module. Chakotay goes after her. Hostage trade works best. <laughs> it does. Hostage trade usually works best. I've got a whole <laughs> big, huge issue though yeah. with, I've got a huge issue with the ending, but we'll get there and we'll our, get there. We'll get there. We'll get, we'll there. get there. Yeah. I've got, written, I'm like a huge hole, but anyway, go ahead. Okay. Written by Ken Biller, directed by David Livingston. Obviously you recall shadowing with uh, shadowing David for this particular episode. You remember that uh, interrogation mm-hmm. scene. Um, what really stood out 
to me, in terms of something that I don't recall at all, was the use of that Kazon shuttle as a kamikaze shuttle, where they just punctured the, our hull with it. Yeah. You know, and they, they, you know, they modified their hull to be more of a, mm-hmm. uh, a you know, to, to puncture basically yeah. to get into us. And I, I don't remember filming that at all. And that's such a big setup for this episode. Um, but it's, it's for me that was kind of like what. Yeah. What? Yeah, I I didn't remember the kamikaze thing either. Um okay. I just all I still struggle with the Kazon generally. Yeah. Whenever they say like, "Oh, they need our technology cuz we can make water and we can make yeah. food." And I'm like, "Dude, you just created a shuttle that can puncture Starfleet hulls. <laughs> You've got laser beams from your ships that shoot out and almost destroy us. You've got so much technology but yet you don't know how to make water or food. <laughs> well, to play devil's advocate, they do have, they do have Seska kind of, you know, helping out and and, yes. and and kind of guiding them with the technology. But it's true. Even when in those scenes with Seska on the Kazon bridge, when uh-huh. she's talking to everybody and she's like, make sure we reduce the, the emission, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm thinking, these guys don't know what you're talking about. They, exactly. they don't even know how to make water. It's like, yeah. I don't believe this. Like, yeah. they literally look like, you know, Tibetan uh, goat herders with, with their uniforms. Yeah. And then... Yeah. They're so advanced that they're going to know all these like techno babble terms. So yeah. it is a little, you have to kind of, you know, um, you kind of, kind of just have to trust that this is the way it is yeah. and just go with it because okay. otherwise you're going to get a little annoyed. I, I, but, I, I'll go with it. Let me go yeah. back though. I'm going to go back for a second. The very first, the very first scene, Balana and Chick. Yeah. On, well, even the turbo lift, the very first scene, Balana, oh. Balana and Chakotay step into a turbo lift. Yeah, and they're talking about hoverball, and they've been called to the yeah. bridge. Um, um, I noticed that that was shot as a oneer. So if if the fans go back and you watch, you'll see the the sh- the turbo lift doors open, yep. and then uh, Chicote and Bolana step in, and then you see kind of a shadow of as if the door shuts. You never see yeah. the door shut, and right. they talk for a while. And then the the light opens again as if the door opened and they step out and they're on the bridge. I just want the fans to know that was shot. They started that scene in the turbo lift that's on the bridge. They just stepped in, pretended like the door's shut, pretended like the door's open and then stepped out as if they had come from somewhere else. But if you watch that again, you'll, you'll notice. And I remember when they did that, I thought it was super clever. I'm like, wait a minute, what? But if you don't show, that the turbo lift they're stepping into is actually already on the bridge. Then it looks like you've actually gone inside a turbo lift, gone up somewhere else, come out on the bridge. You didn't, you just went in the same turbo lift that's right there on the bridge. Uh, and it Good works eye, man. Yeah. I did not catch that at all. Look at that little bit of Hollywood magic there to, yeah. to cover that up. Um, I wanna say that the first time that we are on our bridge, you give a very low Yes, ma'am. Typically, I'm used to, yes, ma'am. But mm. this one, you're like, yes, ma'am. You went really low in the Interesting. Mm. I did. I did notice in this episode more than ever the kind of distinctive vocal qualities of all of us. I mean, clearly, mm. I know that I have a sort of, yes, ma'am, sort of a, that was what I did for Tom Paris. You're breathy. And very breathy. Mm. I noticed that uh, Janeway, whisp- she either whispers a lot or she's barking very sharp like you do you know like you do a good imitation 
But I definitely noticed Balana has this sort of warbly, well, Captain, it's kind of a warbly sound. I don't know. I, I do horrible impersonations, but I notice every time Roxanne had a scene that was sort of a yeah. dramatic warble to her voice. And I was Interesting. Like, I, and I never had noticed it before, but I'm like, totally. That's the distinctive Roxanne Dawson quality. It's this sort of dramatic warble thing. Look at it when you when you watch. I will. Another I will. But I'm gonna say we pretty our voices, our characters, and our voices yeah. are pretty much instruments in a symphony orchestra. Yeah. We all have a different, you know, cadence and a different sort of yeah. warble, you know. So that's yeah. true. I'm gonna listen for the warble. Listen. Did you for, notice uh, with her hair? Yeah, her I, hair I, changed did, in the middle of the episode. <laughs> what, it's like she went Janeway's? to the salon. <laughs> yeah, yes. Like Balana was like, about... I'm upset about Chakotay's gone. I've got to go to the salon. <laughs> it was like whoop. Was yeah. <laughs> so yeah so the beginning it's all poofy and like she just got out of the salon it's like a bouffant hairdo yeah. and then starting in that scene where she's in the briefing room uh it's now flattened down it's not as poofy anymore so that's towards the second half of the episode so first half of the episode salon second half not so much yeah um and i thought when you brought up that turbo lift scene with chicote and Moana. Yeah. I did not know. I thought you were going to get onto one of your little jealous things, saying like, "Look at, it, look at, it, look what's going on." But no, you told us about the camera move. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed that you haven't let it get to the I, get to uh, you. I was trying to uh, not go there, Garrett. But thanks okay. for bringing that up. You know, I <laughs> thanks a lot for bringing that up. Uh, oh, I noticed. I noticed yeah. that they were in the turbo uh, lift. I noticed that. Balana goes and begs to save her dear friend Chicote. Chicote, very emotionally with extra warble in her voice. I did notice. I noticed it all. Okay, let's just say you know, when, when they were talking about Seska, Chicote before he takes off on the shuttle, and he's talking with Balana about Seska, and she's like, "Oh, she's getting to you." I saw her little jealousy of Seska. I saw her getting flirty. I saw him with his little <laughs> smile. Oh, I saw it. I did. did not miss a moment. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not going to let it get to me. No, let it get to me one. Uh, yeah. I loved when she goes, uh, that little conversation between Balana and, was it? Yeah, with Chicote. And she says, uh, She's like, you have a lousy taste in women or something like that. And I'm just waiting for, and, and the subtext was like, you should have picked me. Yeah, totally it was. was. Long. And yeah. I knew Jealous were watching that scene. Jealous is Tom. not the right word. Okay. Um, confused, go else. confused. I was, just, <laughs> I was baffled. Confused, why is she behaving that way with Chakotay, who clearly can't compete. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> Martha Martha Hackett, when she comes onto the View screen and we see her for the first time, yes. once again, such a delicious performance by Martha Hackett as Seska so good. again just relishes that role and she does such a great job with it. And once again, we see Anthony DeLongas, my uh, my, yes. my my college uh, theater department movement and stage combat teacher, as Maj Kulla. And you know, I just wanted to say that typically when you go to any university's theater department. It's yeah. filled with teaching personnel that nine times out of 10 gave it a shot in Hollywood, but kind of like, eh, 
nothing mm-hmm. really happened. So they mm-hmm. went to teach, you know, so if you can't make it as a, uh, you know, if acting can't be your way of making a living, well, then you can teach acting typically. Right. But with a lot of the teachers, especially with Anthony DeLongas, um, being a professor at the UCLA theater department, that afforded him the chance to go on auditions because he was already in LA, you know? Yep. So um, that, that, you know, is really, I think more, it's more rare to see that, right? Mm-hmm. When you have someone teaching and also actively acting in roles. Yep. So just want to bring that up. Yeah, um, Anthony is great. I, I, as we talked about before, I had worked with him on Masters of the Universe. He played Blade. Um, that's right. In the movie. And so I, I knew Anthony as well. Yeah. A, a very young They're, Anthony at that point, right? Yes. I mean, he, yes, he was. Yeah, definitely. I was um, a, a much younger uh, Robert Duncan McNeil. You were a tadpole. At that point, I was a tadpole. You were, you were, I was a baby. Okay. You, your skin was so smooth then. Yes, it was. <laughs> and I was so innocent <laughs> and naive. With your, with your long locks, your night, early 90s. What, was, what year did you film that, Masters? Like 86, I think. Okay, that, okay. that was your 80s hair then, right? Oh, your totally 80s hair. 80s hair. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, so... Uh, on the bridge, when we hear the, yeah. uh, that there's a beacon sending a Federation signal, and there's some shots of Tom Paris turning back and talking to them. Uh, I think Janeway was up at Two Box Station um, in that very first scene. I noticed that um, I wanted to, to share, I guess, that shot of Paris down front with a view screen. Those yeah. would always get shot. I did a lot of shots sometimes weeks after the rest of the scene was shot because they would never turn around and shoot the view screen, almost never, while we were filming an episode because that required vis effects and they put that on their second unit days. So if there was a view screen up front, we'd often, almost always, put that on a second unit list. So I would go to these second unit days because I was down front and I would sit there and do multiple episodes sometimes of like, okay, oh wait, what God. was this? What is this scene again? Oh, this is when we see the the beacon and we see Seska. Okay. And I'd be there by myself with yeah. someone reading off camera and no one else was around. And it was, so I feel like that shot was one of those because it, it felt like it had nothing to, like I was not actually talking to Jane Way or anybody. It was probably you know, long after the fact, and I had, you know, somebody up there like an AD or somebody reading the lines of everybody else. But that would often happen. Those shots, anytime you see the view screen in Paris or the view screen and the captain down there and she turns around, um, that was usually done separately from the scene. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because like you did multiple episodes there and now as a director, you had to do multiple episodes of Resident Alien. Well, so you kind of had, you're trained as an actor dealing with multiple episodes in second unit and second unit. um, I didn't know that you were doing that much in second unit. I would say the entire seven. Yeah. In the entire seven years that I worked on Voyager, I think I probably showed up for second unit maybe twice. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I really, it's, and for those of you who are listening, Second unit is really just a very, very scaled down version of first unit. Like you yeah. really feel the, the energy when you're with first unit, you feel everybody's energy. Everyone's there. But then second unit is sort of like you can hear crickets in the background. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like no you're, in, you're in the country. There's no rush. It's a couple of people. Relaxed. It's small crew. And they're yes. a little confused often. They're like, wait, so what are we, 
what exactly is this? I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I did it a lot because of where my seat was. Right. Now, all those, did, all those shots of the view screen that I was tied into. Okay. Did they actually film your hands touching the console? Cause most of the time it wasn't my hands. It was second. Well, sometimes. Yeah, they'd, they'd have a double okay. hand double often for hands, but if it was over my shoulder to the view screen and someone yeah. talking to the captain behind me, I yeah. would have to sit there so that when I turned around, they had my face. Sometimes they'd put a, a photo double even for the you know the wide shots down mm. there, but um, okay. often I was there. I was there, I wouldn't say every second unit, but I would say at least once a month I was in for a second unit and I'd do multiple episodes and have no idea <laughs> what the scenes were because they had been done weeks before. It right. Was, and wasn't the person in charge of second unit usually VisFX? Yeah, it was, it was usually uh, VisFX. Dan Curry, Dan Curry directing yeah. usually, yeah. Did, uh, did the director of photography sometimes uh, direct second unit or no? Like, I don't Doug think so. Ever? Doug Knapp? Okay. No. Doug Knapp, yeah. I don't think so. I think it was usually no. VisFX coming in or... Um, why close. was why did Dan Curry get that job to do that though? I mean, because it was usually did, second unit was visual effects. It had something to do with a vis with effect. visual effects. Yeah, okay. shots right. that needed some very specific framing or very specific mm -hmm. elements that would take more time. That's why we didn't do it in first unit. It was just right. slow. It would take more time. So, you know, balancing back then the green screen had to be, you know, very evenly exposed. It was much more touchy than nowadays. You can put anything up and. And Literally computers. Yeah. You can put almost <laughs> anything up. Anything you out. don't need tracking marks and all the things that you used to need. So yeah. Uh, Technology has come a long way since we filmed Voyager. Yeah. Yeah. The, so back to our plot, the kamikaze ship, that was very cool. I love that they use sort of an old school way combined with, with like new school sci-fi ideas to sort of break mm -hmm. into the ship and then exit through the, via the transporters. I thought that was a very dynamic and cool, exciting way to, to break in. Um, Agreed. So the Nistrum now have uh, some Starfleet technology. They stole uh, one of our tr transporter modules and uh, that's a huge issue for, for, for Janeway. She's got a, you know, they, they are required to, at, to do almost anything to prevent Starfleet technology from altering, you know, the balance of power uh, with with any kind of alien uh, interactions that they have, so mm -hmm. so it's a big deal that this uh, transporter technology got stolen. Um, that it's called the quantum resonance oscillator is what they stole. I think they say. Um, Look at you with so, your techno babble. Yeah, Ooh. the quantum resonance. Of course, everybody knows about the you know uh, transporter technology. Duh. Duh. Do you remember you remember that movie Fish Called Wanda? And yes. uh Kevin Jamie Klein. Lee Curtis is yeah, Kevin Klein. Jamie Lee Curtis's character is always um getting really turned on whenever Kevin Klein uses these different accents or right. whatever. Like, so, yeah, so, yeah, so I'm just right. wondering if there's someone out there that gets really turned on by hearing techno babble, like quantum yeah. <laughs> yes. resonance the oscillator. Quantum resonance Whoa. oscillator, yeah. <laughs> there's a bunch of it in this. This by the way, this episode. I thought the plot, like all the beats were really interesting. There were a lot of turns and twists and turns in the plot. I thought yeah. all the sci-fi elements were conceived really cool. I mean, my, yeah. the weakest part of this episode to me is still the Kazon as an alien 
I just, I, I struggle with feeling a lot of um, jeopardy with them because they just seem like bumbling. What? Silly. They set it up that way. They, you know, in the beginning, if you start yeah. showing people that are amazed by water, the capability to create water, then you're going to make everybody go, oh, I'm not yeah. really on board with this group, you know, and they yeah. should, the wardrobe, the everything without those guys. It's just yeah. A, off yeah um but we do learn a little bit more about the kazon we learned that there are other groups as the hobai the kazon hobai mm -hmm. the kazon mustral the kazon relora uh and the kazon oglamar so we have all these new groups that are introduced mm -hmm. we don't see them before this um let's see the kazon relora maj gets beamed into space yeah that was crazy by the way that cool act out when yeah, the Reloramage is there and they're trying to convince him to, you know, for them to work together. And he's, he's getting a little heated. And Seska's mm -hmm. like, you know what? Let's just take a break. Let's calm yeah. down. And let's think about this. And, yeah. and you think that she's sort of giving up. And right. then you cut back to our ship, to Voyager. And all of a sudden there's bodies floating in space. You realize yeah. she didn't give up. She executed yeah. these men. She had an idea. Let's beam them into space and just get rid of them. So the yeah. Reloramage and his companion floating in space yeah i like the reveal though i like the reveal because it didn't just show up the close-up on the view screen we see no, it from the like, distance hey, so we're thinking is that a shuttle what is that yeah. are those rocks is that an asteroid and then boop, close up it's two they're, dudes it's just like i wonder how they filmed that they might have had to put them up on wires with a green screen to get those bodies floating like those Probably. seems like uh seems like a quick easy thing but that's the kind of thing we'd do in second unit we'd never shoot that yeah in first yeah. unit because it would you'd have to get them wired up and in front of a green screen and and moving in the right way so yeah yeah they had really calm looks on their faces though for being dead in space like if you were an actor like wouldn't you try to like put a little zhuzh on that would you be more like like would you do something with your face like like you just had Maybe. drank prune juice i don't know yeah yeah that's Maybe. a good one thanks yeah i just made a I, the, the one eye open okay. <laughs> Now I'm making a really awkward smiley face. Yeah, I would have done that. Would have been. <laughs> it would have been funny if like one of them had a horror face on and the other one just had a really huge smile on his face. That just would have been weird. Um, the horror face would have been the Maj because he's the leader. Yeah, and the companion would have been the, the companion. The lackey is the guy yes. that would have been. Like, he's finally dead. It's like yeah. this guy's been abusing me for this entire time. <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see so we go to sick bay and i gotta say neelix is the one that is critical for us solving this solving this uh this dilemma so we know that there's dead bodies they've been executed but neelix is the one that sees the little wristband and says wait a minute that is a maj that's a leader and so they sort of are able because of what neelix knows they're able to yeah. put together that there must have been some competition sesco used the technology to execute these guys so I love that even though Neelix didn't have a lot to do in this episode, that he was very critical in that moment to, uh, to help us understand what was going on. Yeah, not only is he the Kazon uh, expert, he's also a bit of Sherlock Holmes in this episode. So mm -hmm. that's nice to be able to see him help us out for mm -hmm. sure. We also learn about a Kazon alcoholic drink that we see Seska drinking. Yes. And it's called Enemy's Blood. I think that's the name of the next drink that you do next month for Enemy's the, uh, Blood. Yes. 
enemy's blood. So yeah. can you come up with something that will look like I, enemy's blood? I will work on that. Remind me okay, of good. that. I'm going to make a note. But yes, enemy's blood will have to come up with a good cocktail. <laughs> In that scene when she's drinking, there's that whole back and forth between Chakotay and Seska where she's like, it's like she loves him. She loves him not. It's like this. She's coming in. She's trying to seduce him. She pulls back out. She kind of comes back in again. Mm-hmm. She pulls back out. And it's just, it got a little soap opera-y. Soap opera-y. Well, it definitely me. showed with Seska um, either she's got really strong feelings, which I think is true. But the thing about Seska is you never know whether she's playing you or not, particularly when right. it comes to like seducing or feelings yeah. or she, because she does it with the Kazon, she does it. Um, yeah, it's uh, that scene was very melodramatic and kind of classic. Um, I don't know, um, kind of classic uh, femme fatale sort of. You know, the the dangerous mm-hmm. woman. Um, mm-hmm. I, I want to jump back just before that. There was a after Chicote stole the the shuttle. Yeah, um, which is amazing. They say how he did it by you know, bypassing something, but uh, it's yeah. amazing that he was able to steal the shuttle, get off the ship yeah. without anybody knowing. Um, True. And immediately you see Tuvok and Janeway walk and talk down the hallway. They're heading into uh, engineering. That is one yes. of the fastest walk and talks I've ever seen. The steady cam must have been flying backwards uh, <laughs> or, or if they were rolling, I don't know how they did it. But what it reminded me of was David Livingston. Do you remember when he was directing He'd, he'd do a ton of takes, and often the only note he would give is, let's go faster, go faster, go faster. He wanted, like, pace. He always, that was his note. Like, mm. let's do it again, but just go a little faster, go a little faster. Mm. And that was a scene for me that I realized, I bet they had done that a bunch of times, and David had said, walk a little faster, go a little faster. The mm. whole scene plays really fast. So yeah. uh, just reminded yeah. me of a, a common note David Livingston would give. And it was a smart note. It was a good note. Yeah. Uh, one thing about David's directing, in that scene where Maj Kula is on his bridge, mm-hmm. and he kind of, the way the lighting was, he kind of looked back, and the light was just on his one eye. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> and that was like, oh, my God. I don't know if Livingston planned that, but it was perfect. It was just yeah. like, this is awesome. You, you see the light on the one eye, and everything else is in shadow. So yeah. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, I did notice in the scene with Bolana and Janeway that Bolana was really defending Chakotay, you know, and saying, don't, you know, if he survives and if we get him back, just know she was defending him. Um, she was really defending him hard. And, and to be quite honest, I think Chakotay should like Tom Paris was thrown in the brig for, you know, 30 days for, for not following orders and not doing what he was supposed to do. And, yeah. Um, I just, I, of course, I knew that Chicote was not going to get thrown in the brig and he was going to get off. And that was a scene to me that was like, um, yeah, he probably should be thrown in the brig. Like, this is a big deal, you yeah. know, risking, risking the way he did. And, and, and uh, anyway, so that was oh. just a scene where I, I was like preemptively going, nah, he should be thrown in the brig. I disagree with you. And it's not about my jealousy with Paloma. It's not about that. Um, I think Janeway threw you, what, by the way, when did Janeway throw you in the brig for 30 days? When did that happen? I forget the episode. I think it's called 30 days, but there's an episode. <laughs> it's what it's true. That's the name of the episode. I forget what season it was, but it was a good episode. It was a lot of, uh, 
I think Les Landau directed it. I remember having a really good time. Les was great. Right. Um, we'll get there but at some you point. Say- when you say it's called 30 days and now it makes me think of like it's just you in the brig for 30 days tom paris brushes his teeth yeah it tom was a paris lot of uses like, the washroom it was a lot of like journaling and reflection and um <laughs> I, I i remember really enjoying the episode that's for another day that is um, for another day but don't get mad about her, her throwing you in the brig because just remember we found you as a penal colony person yes remember yes. so Janeway's thinking you know what he's used to it that's why. By the way, when you just said penal colony, did you think I of something wanted else? to act like a twelve-year-old and make a joke? I know but you I didn't. You didn't. So I'm, you should no. just just be yourself. Come I'm, on. No, I'm not going to make jokes about the word penal colony. You were going to say penis colony is what you were I, going to say. I don't. I don't. You know what? I'm not a twelve-year-old. I'm. I'm grown up. You are, and I don't have to make penis jokes or butt crack jokes all the time. I can rise above that. So. Please I let your say, inner 12 year old come out. I gotta say, so Chicote gets on the, uh, Chicote gets on the, um, the, uh, the, the Kazon ship and then he hands Seska his phaser and I'm just like, what? Yeah. What like, was that? I don't know. He was clearly, he was able to not, he was like, I'm not going to fight. That's not going to be the answer. I'm going to have to trick my way out of this. I think Chicote was actually saying, he was saying, you know, he was saying to Seska, Seska, take this before Robbie breaks this phaser. Keep it for me. Um, I just realized I was, I had not plugged in my, my computer that was getting what? very low on energy, energy <laughs> sources. The energy source of my computer was depleting. We must reroute the power variance to the warp core and modulate the, anagrams until I get battery implosion. Um, I don't know. I, I don't do the technobabble good, but now my computer's getting okay. power again. So you missed I, my joke while you were you, you were distracted. I was just saying that the reason why she he handed the phaser to Seska was he was saying, Seska, take this phaser before Robbie breaks it on set. <laughs> like yeah, you can, I did miss it. I was I was trying to get my you power were focused cord on your power. All right. Um, I'm glad yes. that you saved because you're the one recording this particular uh, episode. Yes. So I just saved. Yeah. I not only did I save uh, Starship Voyager many times, but uh, I just you, saved the you podcast. Saved the Delta Flyers podcast. Exactly. You're such a hero. Oh uh, my god. Um, <laughs> Okay, we talked about there's there's a moment in the interrogation scene, by the way, which I thought was really great, interrogating mm. uh, Chakotay, where there was this low angle wide lens that you could see Seska standing above Chakotay, and then and then Kula leans in, and the two faces Chakotay and Kula are in tight with it's a wide low angle lens, and I remember yeah. when I was shadowing that was sort of an eye opener for me, that kind of lensing and sci fi. Um, David Livingston mm. used the wide angle lenses a lot. He was known mm-hmm. for it yeah. as one of our directors. Most of the actors didn't like it, but Correct. Boy, boy, I really liked that. <laughs> I know you didn't, <laughs> but I liked that shot. And, and I think yeah. David Livingston could use it sometimes very, very well. I also want to commend, uh, Robert Beltran and his yeah. acting in that interrogation scene. Oh yeah. Because he's really good. very, very realistic, you know, and, uh, the makeup looked really good when he was, he had that big bruise on his eye there. I mean, it just, it all, it all came together well. It all came together, yeah. And I thought when they drugged him and his sort of hallucination, that when they had his point of view. and Played that and well, too. Played it great. And, and that lens that they use, 
Uh, I think it was called, I think that's called the squishy lens. It was a type of lens that David Livingston would use a lot of kind of trick toys and that lens that sort of makes everything move around weird. Uh, it was either the did you squish, call it? What did you call it? Squishy? Squishy, squishy lens. Um, yeah, it could have been a squishy lens or a let. Yeah, probably a squishy lens. It could have been a lens called the mesmerizer that was very popular back in those days where things oh. would sort of move around in an odd way. But David would use those lenses. And I, and I, I, I use those lenses myself uh, later yeah. on because of learning from, about it from David Livingston. So uh, that is use, the industry wide terminology. Yes. The brand squishy? was called the squishy, squishy lens. lens. Yes. Oh, the brand was squishy. Okay. Can squishy you spell lens. that? It's not like, like S Q U I S H Y, is yeah. it squishy? Yeah. Wow. Because if you if you moved it, it had some gel in the lens, and you could kind of move the lens and create that sort of weird distortion happening. Nice. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was a cool. very specific kind of lens to use. That yeah. retractable needle gag; those always give me when Seska put that needle in him. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Even though I know it's just a trick needle and. It just always gives me the shivers. You cringed, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Uh, um, this is a general. This is a general comment here. Yeah. Um, in almost every episode where we are uh, dueling with other ships, yeah, um, there's always the evasive pattern, and then it's Delta it's Gamma this, Five. Yes, yeah. yes. It's it's in this show it was Omega Two, whatever. So there's there's the Greek alphabet letter followed by a numeral. Right. I mean, yeah. does anyone have a manual of? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would like to know what is Omega Two. Someone's got a vet. Somebody out there. Somebody has, has has compiled this, like reverse engineered all of these evasive patterns into a playbook. Yes, it's kind of so like my, a football play. Going okay, exactly. Yeah. Yes. You go and so here that's and there. what I. Yeah. 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 That's what I would like to, anybody out there who's listening, please contact us if you have. The playbook. That would be an interesting thing to actually, if somebody has done a little research, to put that together and actually like go to Paramount and try to publish a book of all the different Star Trek, because it's not just Voyager that's done this. It's right. It, no, the, the yes. franchise this, this, has done this. Yeah, we've been doing these these terms for this tactical maneuvering forever yeah, since the forever. dawn of time, right? Yeah. So I'm curious. Yes, the yeah. the military engagement playbook of Starfleet. And yeah. these are the different moves. That's an interesting concept for like a book. Yeah. And I think the totally. Delta Flyers podcast can publish this book, licensed yeah. from Paramount. Let's do it. Let's do we it. We should do this. Let's I, make I sure we it. create this. I love um, it. And also, when the when the pandemic is over, I would like you and I, when we're hanging out, we're gonna use that as code. Like if we're out in public and I didn't want to say something to you, I don't want anyone yeah. else to hear. I'll say evasive pattern gamma four like that, okay. and you'll know. And I'll like, know. We'll just come. Yeah. Okay, good. I like it. Smart. <laughs> Very smart. No one will know that we're trying. When you do that, when you say like, of, hey, Robbie, evasive pattern gamma four, people will be like, what? That code has flummoxed me. I don't know what he's saying. And it'll be great. <laughs> I like the use of like, flummoxed. Yeah. <laughs> flummoxed. Like people will just be so confused. They will They'll be, be so flummoxed. <laughs> perplexed and yes yeah, i um, love it we're almost near the end of this so big space battle big big yeah. space battle that's exciting yeah. and then um I, I one thing i did notice is i like the way that former maquis um 
there was a lot of stuff in this episode about what people had learned about each other over time, like in their past and, and how that affects their awareness now, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Bolana talking about Chakotay and he's a good guy and I know him from mm -hmm. his past or Seska saying Chakotay, I know how you you would react here. There's a lot of those themes going on, mm -hmm. but, um, but I did like the way that Starfleet and the Maquis use their experience and their knowledge to work together to solve this. And uh, yeah. 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 And so we, we, uh, we can't beam Chakotay because they sort of, they, we temporarily beam him through at warp speed, but it doesn't quite work. They, Seska's able to kind of re change the phase variance or something. And now we can't mm -hmm. get him, um, mm -hmm. which was a very clever idea. You yeah. know, a daring, a daring rescue plan. Daring rescue plan. Let's beam him at warp. And then yeah. she says, they say, oh, that's not possible. And she goes, I've done it before when I was a Maki. Yeah. So stuff like that, I really love this. this yeah. uh, but but they, do, they do beam over some Kazon. And mm -hmm. Tuvok's got him at gunpoint. And he says, uh, here's the terms. You're going to return Chakotay and the shuttle. And, uh, and that'll get you your freedom. And let's yes. just and also and also yeah. how convenient is it that their weapons were also disabled by the transporters? Yeah, I've never heard well, the convenient. transporters doing that before. <laughs> no. But I love it. But here's the biggest thing that I want to get to. This is the whole. Yeah. They're like, here's the terms. Give us Chicote, give us the shuttle. What two things did they leave? They didn't say give us the transporter technology, the the what did I call them before? Uh, I'm gonna find it. The quantum resonance oscillator that they stole. They didn't ask for that back. And the biggest thing is they didn't say give us Seska as a prisoner for our brig because Seska is a danger to, she's betrayed Starfleet. She's got all this. Why didn't they say give us Seska and the quantum resonance oscillator too? Well, I'm, they couldn't say that. I'm speechless. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm. I can't even think of a word of what I am. I'm, I'm, I'm flummoxed is what I am. <laughs> um, I, I don't think there was much room for negotiation. I think that literally they they were stuck. Their backs are up against the wall. It was like, listen, give us back Chakotay in the shuttle and then we'll let you go. That's it. Like they couldn't really offer anything else. I don't know. I think they did it because they wanted more episodes with Seska. That's why they did it. <laughs> But she should have been in the like you've got their leaders, right there. Yeah, like you've got. I I don't know. To me, that's a huge hole. But uh, anyway, true. they left Seska. They left the uh, the resonance oscillator. So I guess we don't care about all that stuff that started this. Well, the only thing that matters is the very end of the show. The very end of the show, uh, the, the soap opera moment is then you hear Seska saying, "I extracted oh, yeah. Cote's DNA, and now I've impregnated it." inside of me so now i have your baby gestating yeah. in my yeah. womb scary yeah yeah and yeah he was very he was very um shocked by that and uh and i think probably balana was a little disappointed that uh you know saska's going to be having chicote's baby and not her um you know i think uh that made you happy, though, I think. It did. It did. I felt like the deal was sealed. Like, Balana's not going to go there anymore. Like, it's oh. Seska's 
Seska has put the nail in the coffin of the Solana Chakotay <laughs> potential. She um, has. Do you, so for my theme, I'm yeah, going to go say... I was going to ask you. Um, yeah, tr- I would say trust your gut over what may be your better judgment, which is mm. what Janeway did. Yeah. Okay, because sometimes... You know, her head said, her judge, her, her mind said, go ahead, leave Chicote. But her yeah, gut was, that's the smart thing. Yeah. And I think that's one of the themes or one of the lessons here. I that, get that. That your gut really is working on in your be, on your behalf, you know, mm-hmm. except when it comes to jealous issues, obviously. That's just not yeah. really your gut. Except for um, being jealous of Bologna. Being jealous. Exactly. By the way, I just, by the way, I just want to say, this is kind of a joke. This is a joke. Like for those people out there, I'm not actually, I'm not actually like, this is just fun to do, but I'm not actually. Do you, do you need jealous. to make that disclaimer? I don't know. You, I, th- do I feel like I might. I feel like okay. I might. Like people might think that, yeah, this is just. Disclaimer, I'm, everyone. Yeah. Robbie is truly not jealous of Chakotay. And no, Bologna. because Roxanne was married to Eric Dawson, a good friend of mine. <laughs> I, like I know that she's not really Bellana, but it's just fun. I f- had forgotten all of this stuff with Chakotay and Bellana early on. So it's kind of, so I may continue there, to do it. We'll see. But it's a is, fun little runner we got going. So I'm going to Is there anyone in the out. cast? Is there anyone in the cast that you would call them by their character name? Mm. I was called, I would call Ethan uh, Phillips. I'd always call him the Neelix. The Neelix. Okay. Yes. Okay. Oh, the Neelix. And I'd I'd ask him, yeah, I'd talk to him, but that was just funny. I wouldn't really mean it. I know he's not actually a a Talaxian. Yes. (laughs) I would always forget Tim Russ's real name. What? Did you? I don't, I don't know why. He's the only person. Like, I knew your name was Robbie. I knew Bob Picardo was Bob. I knew Beltran was Robert. But, I, but, but with Tim, I, many times I would forget. And I'd go, uh, hey, Tuvok, come over here. I would call him by his character name Jesus. on the set because I Jesus. didn't remember it. I had some weird, I don't know what it is. Well, Tuvok and Tim are sort of the similar, like this show that I'm they producing are. now. I produced yeah. this show called Resident Alien. We just finished. I think I mentioned it. But yeah. one of the actresses, her real name in real life is Liz Elizabeth, Liz Bowen, yeah. who I love, yeah. Liz. I love her. We go out to, you know, Rebecca and, and Liz and her boyfriend, Tim, and I, we all go out to drinks and meals and fun stuff. So I know Liz really well. Her character name is Liv with a V. Oh. There you go. So I'm constantly going, live, live, Liz, like it starts to come out as Liz, but it turns into live or vice versa. So it's just too close. And Tim and Tuvok are a little like a Tim, maybe there's that. Maybe, maybe I have another, I have two parts to my theme. So for the first, my first part was the trust your gut over your better, better over better judgment. My second part is do not allow affairs of the heart to cloud your judgment, Mm. letting your emotions get the best of you. Because that's what sent Chakotay on that solo mission because he was embarrassed because his ex-girlfriend was doing all this crazy stuff, you know, causing chaos. Mm -hmm. And therefore- By the way, they had more than an affair of the heart because they had- had they, had, had a they knew each other. Yes, they knew each other. They had tried it, but decided not to keep it going. Like they had been dating. They had been a couple. They had done Correct. whatever couples do. All the things that yes. couples do. Yes. Um, yes. But, so did, uh, does that mean that she had all of her 
everything of her genetics altered to be human? I would think you know where so. I'm getting it. I know exactly. <laughs> you know where, I get, I get, you know where I'm coming. You would from, have right? to alter all of it. Yes. Yeah. Or he would have yeah. known. He would have known or the first time, right? Yeah. My theme is kind of similar to yours. My theme I wrote down that your past can help you, but it can also hurt you. And to know that it's got an upside and a downside. So similar to your, you know, affairs hmm. of the heart, cloud your judgment, like your past is going to give you um, lessons, good lessons that you can learn. And that's what all, uh, all the characters did. You know, uh, Balana yeah. did from her past, used the warp speed transport idea. Uh, Seska used her experience in the past. Chakotay used his, um, but it can also hurt you. So um, yeah, yeah. So similar. Yeah, similar, right? But in bad lessons from your past. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that was fun. I I really love that episode. For real? I did. <laughs> I did. I really did. I enjoyed the episode. I thought it was well directed. I thought the acting was okay. good. It's just the very end that I had a problem with. Like why? didn't you get Seska and the quantum awesome resolator or whatever it's called. It's not a resolator. I think I took awesome resonance oscillator. What? You say quantum resolator. It's a resolator. <laughs> Isn't it quantum resonance oscillator? oscillator. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, you, know, you just mix it all up. I do. Just call it a, a, qu a, qu a resonator. A quasilator. <laughs> Oh boy. All right. Well, that was, oh, like I said, I, except for that big hole at the end, everything about this episode, everything else I really loved. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Well, thanks guys for tuning into our recap of maneuvers. What's Stay next week? Next week. Oh, next week is resistance. 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 Ah, I like that. I like that name. I do good. too. And I think I immediately, you said resistance. I immediately went, Oh, I think I remember a couple things. So we'll, Talk oh, about that next week. Okay, we'll talk about that next week. Yes, we will. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. And for our patrons, please stay tuned for your bonus material. Thanks, guys. 